Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Thank you and thank you. Hello, everyone. Hello, fe- fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend Patrick O'Down welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Here, recording on a sweltering Sunday in New England, with and I'm seeing Tony nodding as well, and our good friend, the lawyer David Ungar. Also, you told me on Chair Shot Radio that we got nothing on Bakersfield. So amateurs, uh, it's an amateur true. hour for you guys. Excellent. Well, there you go, folks. You've heard actually the the members of the bandwagon that are here today. That's right, the live studio audience. PC Tunney is with us as always, as is the lawyer David Ongar. And I'd like to start today's episode by doing a little callback to last week's episode, where one Mister Tunney expressed his opinions regarding the cinematic greatness that was Top Gun. And if y'all listened to Dave and I's edition of Chair Shot Radio, you already know what's coming. Anytime something comes up on this show, when we talk something nostalgic, guess what happens to be on the movie channel that following week? That's right, Top Gun on. And I got to say, upon rewatch, still fucking great. Yeah, that's one of those movies that never gets bad. I don't know what Mr. Tunney... How can you not love I, I, topless Mer- Navy airmen playing volleyball? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, can Tony. I, can I explain? Explain. I've watched the movie several times, and I, and, I, and I can enjoy the movie. But as far as like being a cinematic masterpiece, it's such a hokey piece of shit. I mean... The enjoyability level is probably between a seven and a half and an eighth. But as far as like looking at it through the lens of like excellent cinematography, it's fucking bad. Like it's so bad. It's a good movie. Like, okay, that's where I'm coming from. But, but the dog fights are are way ahead of their time. PC. I mean, come on. You never saw anything like that. I mean, that they, that made people want to be an air air, you know, what naval aviators. Would you, would you like to hear my Top Gun story? My dad actually took me to this movie when it came out, right? And in front of us was like, and my dad's like newly divorced at the time with his five-year-old son who's got super blonde hair and blue eyes at the time, right? So these girls are in front of us and they're giggling the whole time. And I know Highway to the Danger Zone from riding in the car all the time. So that comes on the movie and I'm singing it. My dad's like, be quiet, be quiet. And the girls turn on and like, Oh, he's cute. And I think my dad got a date from one of them or something too. So that's, 
Yeah, so I'm I am speaking to go, of Top Dad. Gun. Way to go, Dad. At five at five, I was a great wingman. You were a great wingman. <laughs> That's no, right. I don't know. You could be After my wingman anytime, PC. Well, I you know, I want to back that up because I don't know if I could trust you as my wingman. I think you're dangerous. <laughs> you're unsafe. Jesus Christ, I can uh, take no, the shot just, right here. It was just so funny, though. Like, I literally turned on the movie channel, like, the day after we record the podcast. And there it is, Goose and Maverick. Maverick on the motorcycle along the runway with the fist pump, like, the whole thing. It was it was hilarious. And I, I immediately thought of Tony, and, and that was great. So we are wrapping up the hero project this week, fellas, we're going to go into the land of DC. Uh, Ray did send us a list. So even though he is not here, he is here in spirit. I have it here in front of me, so we will cover it. Lots of, lots of overlap. And I think that's just going to be, I think it's going to be the truth of this list. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we actually get into it. I did something a little bit different with the nerdosphere. There wasn't quite as much news that hit. I think we got hit with a lot of big news bites the last few weeks. And, but I did see quite a few trailers that really sort of stoked my interest and I, and I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, and so I thought rather than um, rather than doing a, a bunch of like news articles and speculating on that, I sent you some trailers to, to check out. And so that's going to be that's going to be our show is we're going to do some, some Nerdosphere trailer park and then we're going to jump into our top 10 wrap up the hero project with our top 10 DC Comics heroes of all time. I think that's a good plan, gentlemen. What do you think? I studio agree. Audience, what do you th- studio audience agrees with me. So I'm liking that. And great. So let's get right into it. And the first movie that I picked, and all of these, I got these all off of IO9, by the way, which is my go-to website for, Wait, uh, for hey, all. Pat, you want to get the, yeah. uh, should we get some Foggy Mountain breakdown going? Because we're going to the trailer park. You're right. We are going to the trail. I got so wrapped up in news around the Nerdosphere. Yeah, play the banjos, man. Play them. All right, all right. Now, now that we are officially in the trailer park, get your moonshine ready, fellas, and let's talk about the, this first movie. Actually, is is being released uh, on Paramount Plus. Uh, it's called Infinite. Stars Mark Wahlberg. Or no, yeah, this is the Mark Mark Wahlberg one. Now, see, I'm already confused. I had to bring my own website up. Um, but bring it's it's Mark Wahlberg. And it seems to, to center around reincarnation, uh, which is always something that fascinates me. Uh, but this trailer, I liked the head. I liked the uh, the description that was given by IO9. Infinite's new trailer foregoes plot for a ludicrous amount of action. And the bit that really sticks out is Mark Wahlberg on a motorcycle. Riding off of a cliff, 
onto the wing of an airplane, catching himself with a katana so that he doesn't fall off the edge. This this is a, I don't know, it looks pretty bonkers and, and talks about past lives and memory imprinting. Gentlemen, I'll start with you, Dave. Did you have a chance to watch the trailer or were you too busy, you know, nope, anniversary? I, I way, watched, happy thank you. Um, I watched all the trailers, actually. So Actually, yeah, I was trying to give everybody kind of a week off of, of the reading. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. This is probably the one I like the best out of all of them. I mean, it's I, I love the opening stuff where he's like trying to bring out items from his past lives to see if they trigger any sort of memory. And, and then it actually does. And it, it it sounds unique that he's just living infinite lives and past lives. So it's a reincarnation, like you're saying. And just <laughs> I don't know how much plot we're going to get out of this, but. Uh, I don't know. Is this based on a graphic novel or anything? It, fe- it has an old guard feel to it, sort of. So I, I didn't know if it's like a a property, some graphic novel like we got from DC or Vertigo or, or Marvel or who knows. I, I have no idea. I have no idea where this came from. But I mean, I yeah. I, I I'm sign me up. It looks fun. That's for sure. Well, and here's where the here's where the controversy came in behind this. You're going to get the opportunity to watch it if you have Paramount Plus because it is one of the ones that is being dropped at the same time in the theaters as it is on Paramount Plus, much to apparent allegedly the surprise of one Mark Wahlberg. So Tony, what Tony, what was your what were your thoughts on this first trailer? I I actually it's funny because uh growing up I, I went I went to a Christian grade school for nine years and you kind of think along one line the entire time and reincarnation is really interesting to me. Like I think Patrick you just said that before. I feel like you can think of things that you could also see it. You, it allows you to associate yourself with people from the past and maybe like an animal or things of that nature. Like it allows you to see yourself in a different way in a past light and how those different qualities could come through your personality. Now to me, it's really interesting. Like I can almost lose myself sometimes in feeling like, boy, I, I acted this way today because in a past life I was this person or something. Right. So the concept is great. If you come out and and you know it's an action movie, you know, and and you not a lot of plot, there there is a genre, there is an audience for that, right? Um, there's definitely an audience for Mark Wahlberg, and I can't, you know, true. a large amount of his movies don't have the greatest plot ever, but the guy's made a lot of money, so I guess I'm looking forward to it mostly to see how well it's done. I, I am too, and I and not only is this, I lied, it's only streaming. It's not going into the theaters if what I just read in this article is correct. So Paramount Plus is the way to go to, to see this. The action sequences, by the way, real Mission Impossible vibe, like Tom Cruise Mission Impossible vibe, like just some over-the-top level like James Bond sort of stunts. So I think this looks like a lot of fun. Again, not a lot of – I don't know how much thought. It'll be interesting to see if they create a mythology, if you um, – know my you'll you'll know my feelings about you know mythologies when you read the next edition of uh, the nerd review when that hits next wednesday uh as i have real problems when a mythology isn't thought thought through the the next trailer that i sent out there this is actually a redux on a on a trailer we talked about before and the trailer was really it wasn't even really a trailer it was just kind of a what would you call it like a streaming poster like a youtube poster of this film america the motion picture which again exclusively streaming on netflix has an extensive cast it's an animated feature uh with the lead voice 
uh, from uh, voices, uh, Channing Tatum as George Washington, that purports to share the real history of the founding of the United States of America. And we talked about this when we talked about the, the bonkers level has just gone up. I thought Infinite was bonkers in its own sort of action set piece way. This one's just ridiculous in a Team America World Police sort of way. You've got Paul Bunyan fighting a, a, a robotic Big Ben, and we don't even know why or the concept. There, there's like time travel involved or something. There's science. Thomas Edison's a woman. George Washington is fighting with this contraption. It looks like he's got Wolverine claws. It's... I. I can't wait for this movie to come out. It's for the people who brought us Archer. And I just know it's going to be some sort of biting bit of sarcasm. That's hilariously funny. And, 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 and I'm in Tony. It looks like you just rewatched the trailer. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I've had a, I had a busy weekend. I was at a golf tournament yesterday and uh, like it was 92 yeah. and, and humid yesterday, Dave. So Ooh. I maybe not a hundred and whatever it is in Bakersfield well, surrounded yeah. by fires. <laughs> no, no fires yet. No, you guys, I will say this. You guys on the East coast have the humidity, which makes it worse. It's here. It's yeah. 102, but it's very dry. dry. They call it a dry yeah. heat. I always laughed at that. I said, look, 102 is fucking hot. Okay. Dry or not humid or not. It's oh, fucking agree. hot. So, and it's the been like that for a week. This Netflix movie yeah. that was also hot. Yeah, it, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I so I had a chance to just kind of check it out there. It looks like it's basically the Revolutionary War told as a comic book, right? For the most part, right? Um, and I'm all here for it. I just, I just don't want kids to watch this and be like, "Oh, that's oh, what God. really fucking happened." Because kids are so fucking stupid these days, you know. You mean, or, or their, par- their parents are going to let them watch it. Tavern being like United States of America fucking America or something like I can't even remember what he says. Dave, Dave, kid, Dave, kids are more likely to lock their parents out of things that they can watch as opposed to the opposite these days. Oh, absolutely. No, parents will see anything animated and think that everything's a damn cartoon only to oh, find God, much oh. of their chagrin that, no, that was like 30 years ago. And times have the, changed. The, ol- the only thing that this trailer doesn't have is animated tits. To, to just get over the top that this is not for children. Like, like we get F bombs 30 seconds into the commercial. Like they're like, this is, yeah, this is messed up stuff. Dave, what is, are you going to watch this? Are you, are you signed up for it? Oh, I'm, you looked a little I'm trepidatious. No, I'm, I'm in. I just, I, I think with all those F bombs, it should be Samuel Jackson playing George Washington, not Channing Tatum. You know that it should just be Sam Jackson saying motherfucker. That is would put it mo- over the top. This is a movie, right? This is a movie. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is a movie yeah. on Netflix. Uh, end of the month, June thirtieth. Awesome. Is when it's, it's, it's going to be there. Give me a different take on the American Revolution. It looks like Abraham Lincoln is there at the at the American Revolution, which raises some interesting questions. But oh, I'm, oh, in. Not yeah. I'm a, in. Not if he's a vampire hunter. There you go. That's true. He yeah, is. That's right. I, to me, my favorite thing is still that Paul Revere is a centaur with an upper body that looks like <laughs> Robocop. Like. That is outstanding. Like Sam Adams is holding a gun that looks like uh like it has like a grenade gun or grenade launcher, but the grenade launcher chamber is a barrel, like like almost like a cask of, of beer. I love it. Um I yeah, I can't wait for this. And and that yeah, that there's gonna be characters from like American tall tales and mythology, I think is just kind of the icing of the cake, a, a nice extra touch and and one that uh 
yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be hilarious. I think it's going to be right up there with, it's going to be a movie though. I guarantee you won't get reviewed very well because it's the type of movie that critics will look forward to eviscerating. Yeah. That's that's just my thought. It is just, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are just like the parents we talked about. They don't look at animation as an art form. They look at it as just like it's supposed to be silly, something for the kids, and they don't they don't realize how much that medium has evolved, and so naturally get shit on. Bill Mars of the world, the Bill Mars of the world have never have never gotten us and our our love for animation, but uh, fuck yeah, I. Yeah, fuck Philmar. June 30th, though, that movie hits hits Netflix June 30th, so be on the lookout for that. Now, we have hit two kind of fun categories so far with a sci-fi action piece, a ridiculous animated, clearly satirical take on the American Revolution. Now we're going to go into a little bit of noir, a little bit of film noir with the Hugh Jackman movie, Reminiscence, that's coming out, um, that takes place in a future where the world is flooded uh, and people apparently are escaping through some sort of technology that lets them, again, go through memories and the past. And you don't know too much about the story other than that Hugh Jackman's character is in love with a woman who's disappeared. And he's trying to find her and find out what happened to her. And he's putting together this mystery. It's very much it gives me a real Shutter Island vibe. Uh, if you remember that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio where he's a, he's a detective trying to investigate the, the murder of, of a woman. And it's, I love, like, I think this is going to be one of those movies that it's, it's all going to be about building tension to, to a big end. Cause that's what noir is. Is it's like, it's going to be kind of dark and brooding. There's going to be mystery and it's going to elevate itself into a, some sort of intense ending of Hugh Jackman trying to unravel what happened to this mysterious woman in his life. So just kind of keeping the rotation around. Tony, did you have a chance to watch this one? I, I did. I just checked it out. The, the first thing I kind of thought of was, uh, you, you guys remember the series, the leftovers from HBO? Yeah. Where people just mysteriously disappeared and they had to figure out what happened. It, it felt like, Oh, water world meets the leftovers. Eh. I, I'm here for that's, it. I'll yeah, check it out. Pretty, yeah. Uh, it's an interesting concept. You know, you bring that kind of into the modern day scope of things and yeah, I'm here for it. I, I like those kind of different things that make you think, right? It's going to be a thinker. Right. I think this is a movie you're going to have to watch more than once to just catch everything. Dave, go ahead. Yeah. And it's great. You mentioned that because it gave me a vibe of a different DiCaprio movie and that's inception that it had some qualities sure. of that going on. And that's sure, the same sure. sort of thing. Something you got to watch multiple times to grasp everything um but yeah i I mean it's a little hard to wrap yourself around exactly what's going on but it's got a unique enough plot that it it sounds like something that yeah this could be cool to check out but i I agree with you just based off first impression it's like well you're gonna have to watch that a few times to really grasp and i'm fine with that like you said movies that make you think that make you contemplate the options and what did i just watch and, and did i interpret it correctly so sure Let's go. Sure, let's go. I yeah, I um this may be one I actually take the time to go see in a theater just cuz I don't want anybody else around me to watch. Um because as as a parent, I'm just going to lay this out. As a parent, I can't ever watch a movie before 8 o'clock without 
hey, 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 what you doing? What you doing? Hey, Peg, look at me. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. Ah. And so you can't watch this movie with that going on around you. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. I, I am not a parent, but I can see the thought that's going through Dave's head right now. And the thought that's going through Dave's head right now is soon enough, that boy will want nothing to do with you, Patrick, and you will long for the days when you had a kid. <laughs> and oh, I'm not I, saying you're not, but I get where you're coming oh, from. I, but I'm just saying, I bet that's what went through Dave's head. <laughs> every a lot every of truth Friday, to that. I, I, had to break, I had to break it to him that our, our regular Friday plans this coming Friday were I'm canceling um, and moving to Saturday. And that was, we, we had to have a talk about that. Like we had to work through that. He's, he's nine. I got to keep reminding myself. He's nine. Uh, it'll, 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 it'll change. Um, I put this last trailer, the last trailer that I put out, I put up on last on purpose. Oh, yes, sir. Little Linus and Lucy for everybody. One of the, one of the great, uh, piano tunes out there that anybody who's who's followed popular culture over the last 60 years knows uh and tony's playing that because this week um a documentary trailer was dropped titled who are you charlie brown uh it's gonna premiere on apple plus tv or apple tv plus or whatever the hell they call their app uh, i happen to have it so I'm looking forward to to checking this out. But Charlie Brown and the Peanuts gang, we all, we like we talked we talked about this when we talked about Sesame Street because um, we talked about there's a documentary coming up soon about Sesame Street and the creation of that iconic television program. Charles Schultz and his character Charlie Brown, as a kid growing up and even as an adult, is another one of those characters that really spoke to me as a person. And I think it's something that everybody can identify with um, because Charlie Brown is always the, is, is always the guy who he's, he's always coming close, but not quite getting it. Um, not quite getting the success you want. Like he never quite kicks that football or, or he never quite gets the girl. Things don't ever go quite right. Like Ray gave me a hard time about Peter Parker, not quite getting the girl and, and how he got like three of the hottest women in all of Marvel comics. Uh, Charlie Brown never got the girl. He never talked to the little red-headed girl. Uh, and there's always that sort of feeling in all of us. And I remember being obsessed. Like in grade school, we'd do art projects. And if we could do – like if we wanted to draw existing comic book stuff, I drew Charlie Brown stuff all the time. So I'm very excited for this. Apple Plus – Apple TV Plus has put out a couple of documentaries – that have been really exciting for me. Like they put one out on the beastie boys that if you haven't checked out, uh, I strongly recommend you go check out. It's, it's by them on the road and that sort of thing. I think it's really good. Um, this is another one. How much is Apple TV a month? Oh God. I don't, I get, I get it with my, I get it with my cell phone service. So I, I actually don't you have, I'd have to ask the boss. I have, um, I have an iPhone and I have, um, Verizon. Ah, well, son of a bitch. I got Verizon. I'm going to have to fucking see if I can finagle that. Yeah, I don't have it. This might drive me to it. You talk about Beastie Boys on there, too. I know there's tons of great content on there. It's so hard to kind of narrow down what streaming services you have. But, yeah, Peanuts are freaking iconic. I think the one thing people miss about Charlie Brown is by the end of the episode, people figure out that he's been underappreciated the entire time. 
Yeah. A lot of those animated shows. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a, uh, I mean, yeah. Peanuts was big when I was a kid, you know, of course me and Charles grew up on the same street together. That sort of thing, you know, same age. Peanuts, <laughs> they were big when I was a kid. Dave, no, they, all the holiday specials. Yeah. Yeah. The, the great pumpkin and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he, it, it, I, and I agree with you, Pat. It's like Charlie Brown, somebody that people like us can relate to that. It's like, you know, the guy just doesn't quite fit in. And, and that, like they were talking about it in the trailer, um, just kind of like Kevin Smith was talking about it and just who Charlie Brown is and how he's, he's kind of the, the every man, but no man sort of character, you know, the right. island, island unto himself. Dog. Yeah. So I, Gosh, I, yeah, I love so much, I, I resonate with him very, very much. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't have that service. I don't, well, maybe I do. I don't know, but, um, it looks like something that'll be really good. I, yeah, I think it's going to be a terrific documentary. Um, Two other thoughts that I'll share as just the, the moments that identify, like, I think everybody's self-conscious and uh, about themselves. Like we all have our own insecurities and Charles Schultz really taps into that with the Charlie Brown character. And he does it from the very first episode or issue um, strip strip is a comic strip. And the strip is really simple. There's two children sitting on a curb. Charlie Brown is walking down the street. And one kid's like, hey, here comes good old Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's standing in front of him. Yep, there's good old Charlie Brown. And he walks on past. And after Charlie Brown walks away, the same kid's like, I hate him. (laughs) And it was just, it's one of those things like the way it reads you're like like it's it just speaks to that insecurity sometimes that we have when we encounter others that you know do they really feel the way they say they feel about you do you you know are you really making that impact and then i like it resonated with me so much i can still remember charles schultz died the day he died his last comic strip hit papers and it was the craziest bit of coincidence serendipity you ever want to see where he's writing like the last the last charles schultz um charlie brown comic strip is just snoopy over his typewriter you know thanking everybody for the years and years of writing and it was and it was released on the day he died it was amazing i was in a i was in my dorm in the dining hall reading the sunday paper and i remember reading that um comic strip um while having breakfast uh, and just remember being like, wow, that's such a complete life. Uh, and to see that, that it got, to, that he got to see that through was, was always something kind of special. So yeah, uh, looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great enough sentimentality from me. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to get into our final bouts of the hero project. Hey, we are going to cover before- before yep. we take a break, can I just throw something out there yep. real quick just to get your thoughts on this? Because we exchange a lot of information about it. It's a big deal out in my backyard, that sort of thing. Um, Avengers Campus opened up this week at, at oh. California Adventure. I, I just, I mean, I just want the real thing I want to talk about is that Spider Man animatronic. Um, <laughs> have you seen this thing? Which is, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like that. That's some amazing shit. It, yeah, I, uh, I shared a video with it, I think with the bandwagon the group, uh, and it's, it's interesting cause it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be in the sense that, you know, a lot of reports had said that this animatronic Spider-Man was going to be like swinging about 
the campus. And that doesn't seem to be necessarily it. It seems to be part of a set piece that is a combination of an actor as well as the animatronic. And they show this really spectacular leap um, in the vi- in the video footage that's leaked out there where the actor goes to set up the jump and then a very lifelike looking animatronic Spider-Man completes a... I, I couldn't even tell you how high and how far 60 it is. Feet, 60 feet is what they're saying. So it's, it's a 60 feet, 60 foot leap. That's amazing. And from a distance, it looks like a human being. So, yeah, I, I, our early returns, I know you speculated on this. That, that little bit looks pretty amazing. Um, he does, he does the upside down dangle. There's a little bit of a wall crawl. Uh, from what I understand, the campus itself right now is kind of small. Um, but you've said the California Adventure isn't exactly the biggest area well, as it is. California Adventure is big, but the area that they put this in, they they took out um, Bugs Land, which was a predominantly a kids area, and they kind of have morphed that into Avengers Campus. So the area that they were in, that they they've kind of um, evolved into, wasn't real big to begin with. So I, that part's not surprising, but. Like I think I mentioned to you, I think they're going to turn a lot of the Hollywood backlot into they're going to expand that because you go outside Bugs Land and then you've got uh, Galaxy Breakout, the Guardians of the Galaxy, which right. fantastic ride, which I, you know, I know like my, my son and I, we just disagree on it. He loves the old Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. I love the guard missions, uh, mission breakout. I, I think it's I mean, it's a little bit of a different ride. But uh, I, I imagine they're going to expand upon that. But yeah, early reviews for Avengers Campus are pretty strong. Uh, a lot of different, I think like Paul Rudd showed up there this week for the debut. A that lot was, of famous people showed up there. Paul Rudd. Um, oh, now it's going to elude me. Mark Ruffalo, I think, made an appearance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's... Uh, ScarJo, because I think she's promoting the movie. yeah. Might have been there too. There were there was a bunch of they they did a big tweet storm of look who showed up. I'd like to um, see it get in size, like Galaxy's Edge size, that sort of thing. That'd be great. But but it's a start, and the Spider Man ride looks very unique. That it's kind of Toy Story Mania ish, except you're actually using your hands to shoot webs, and it looks like a hell of a workout. My son was very underwhelmed with it. <laughs> that's what he told me. Well, I think the video that's come out there is. I don't think that's a complete view of the ride. You know what I mean? Like, I think that because that person clearly was part of like the preview group. I'd be interested to see what, how people are responding. Cause it looks like there was just like a lot of dead air space or maybe there wasn't dead air. So whatever rumor has it that somebody on this podcast might be going to, to Disneyland in the near future and might be trying to get on that ride He's going to have to queue up to do it, but um, Those maybe that true. person could come in. I mean, maybe that person could come and talk about their experience, sort of like when another member of this podcast got to ride the Rise of Skywalker, or not the Rise, Rise of the Resistance on the, you know, the first day of the ride hit Disney World. I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but it was me. It was back, me. back when the world was normal. Back when the world was normal, indeed. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that those reviews, and I'm looking forward to when we return to Disney World. Because unlike Mister California over here, who you know season pass, show up whatever I want, look at how awesome I am. Um, 
we're we uh, we're gonna have to actually plan a trip. Uh, I'm looking forward to that that campus being built over for Disney World and seeing how that how that looks when we get there to check it out. I know the little O'Dowd is very excited. So, all right, now we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we will cover all things DC comic heroes. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right. We are back. Back and gentlemen, we are here on the precipice of completing the hero project. I know jack and shit about most of these heroes. <laughs> Not a DC guy. <laughs> Tony and I have you covered, Pat. But I will, I, I will think, go that far. I think you know more than you think you do. I, I know enough. I know enough to get by. I can have a half-assed conversation about it. Um, here's the thing that I thought was really interesting when I made this list. Like nine and ten, I'm sorry, eight, nine, and ten were really the only ones where I felt like I could get a little outside the box. Uh, I feel like from seven on up, every one of those characters is an iconic character, uh, and iconic to the level that I just couldn't kind of like when I caught hell. And I'm oh, the other thing I'm excited about with this particular list is nobody can give me shit for leaving Black Panther off of the list because he don't count. You saw my list. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, what the fuck, Patrick? No. You want to know what you want to know the realization I came to here and it's pretty steadfast is the fact that it it pretty much proved to me that there are so many more much better like like Marvel superheroes is way more loaded at the top 20ish level than DC. But DC villains is way more loaded at the top 20 than Marvel, right? Like, I think that's where you, that's the difference to me between Marvel and DC. I see. I don't know if I, I don't know. Oh, gosh, that's tough. The, the DC guy's going to disagree. Well, see. It's, it's, I think that the DC care, like, I think Patrick, you're right. There's like six or seven very iconic DC characters that are almost always going to appear on everybody's list. I mean, there's going to be a lot of overlap and like eight, nine and 10 is where you might get some variations. I do agree with Tony. I don't know if they, if Marvel's got better heroes, but there's more. Um, there, there. The Marvel heroes are iconic in a different way. You know, Spider Man's extremely iconic, as is um, Captain America. Well, 
but well, it's, it's would, different. It's not like Superman, argue, Batman, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. So DC has DC has the luxury of one being the longer standing company. Like DC was first, and so they do have they have the they have kind of. They have their Mount Rushmore, and we're going to talk about, you know, just these these huge names that are monsters. What I have always and we've and I think this is an this is not a new argument. What I've always found true about Marvel heroes over DC heroes is I think that they are far more relatable to a common reader in a way that DC wasn't always. I think that Marvel from the get-go when Stan Lee and Steve Kirby and Jack Ditko and all of those guys, sorry, Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby, good God, shame on me for fucking that up. Uh, uh, They created characters that felt like human beings that you would meet. Like we talked about the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four is an American family. Like they're just American. Peter Parker is your typical teenager. Like he's not special till he gets powers. Even Steve Rogers, Captain America himself, he is an exceptional human, but he's a human that people can recognize and identify with in a way that I would argue you can't really identify in the same way that you would with Superman, for example, um, or a Green Lantern. Like it's just it's interesting to me. Some of these compelling, like I just have always felt like Marvel heroes are are more compelling on a human level. They, Stan Lee created superheroes with problems, like personal problems, and then you know Alan Moore made it super famous with Watchmen. But superheroes with problems, Stan Lee really was the forerunner with that, and that makes their heroes very relatable. He also put them in a real place, put them in New York City. People know, like, and included the icon, the icon, the icon. The iconic the architecture, the streets, like things that are real were part of Marvel Comics. Metropolis was a representation of New York City just is. And I think that connects people in a way that you don't connect to Superman, Wonder Woman, and a lot of these other characters. I, I don't know. I would I would slightly disagree with that. Like Metropolis is Los Angeles. Gotham is New York. I mean, Central City is somewhere in the middle of the United States. Uh, it, to me, that, that kind of sums it up. I don't want an exact representation of real life inside the comics for me personally, right? Like I want a little bit of a differentiation of what's going on in real life. I know, Dave, you wanted to jump in there. No, I was just going to say, I think I think DC's heroes are very much more godlike, so they're not as relatable like Patrick was saying. Marvel's got more of 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 a a wide variety of of they've got. I mean, there are not a ton of street level DC characters like Marvel has. You know, um, most of DC's guys. You know, you look at Superman, you say that ain't nothing street level about him. Batman and Green Arrow about the only street level people you have. And even when you look at them, they're like looked at differently than than like say like hawkeye or iron man is that sort of thing but yeah i I just think there's more there's more of a consensus amongst nerds as to dc heroes like the big six seven eight of them and then you get a little bit of variation i mean yeah you could do i mean some people are going to put stuff on their list of the dc heroes like i really resonate with phantom stranger or zatanna or something like that that's fine, you know, but I think I think you're going to get a lot more overlap on this list, and, and that's okay, because it just shows that, okay, a lot of us associate DC characters with these 
these these heroes these so right yeah right and so yes yeah, so why don't we go ahead and we'll get to it this week's order is dave you're going to be you're going to be leading off uh batting second will be myself and in the three hole this time around will be mr pc tunny ray would have batted cleanup he's not here so he struck out and dave why, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with your number 10 DC hero. So my number 10, I did not see on anybody else's list, but I assume it could be on Tunney's. But um, my number 10 is like talking about heroes that aren't on everybody's list. Um, my number 10 is Martian Manhunter. And uh, he's higher on my Oh, no. Did I take him off? I no, he's higher on my list. Is he? Okay. Yeah. I had him in I, I had him in my honorable mention. I have a top 15. He's number 12 for me. That my my uh, I actually have a couple of names that I I toyed with and couldn't find a place for. Like it was so tough that that last spot. Uh, my number ten uh, is a member of the Teen Titans. Um, has been a member of all kinds of uh, various team comics, and that's Raven. Um, but most notable from Ra- uh, from Teen Titans, uh, half demon daughter of Trigon, uh, with ridiculous amounts of power is one of those characters who struggles with her dark side has always been one of those that is faced with mistrust from the greatest greater dc universe um and has always had to prove herself reforms the teen titans because zatanna of all people dave you just mentioned told the justice league not to trust her and because she was part demon and Raven had to actually prove herself to do so and has now been a longstanding member of the DC universe, quite, quite powerful. And if uh, some of this stuff, you know, some of my fandom comes from cartoons and Teen Titans Go, uh, she's just the way she's depicted in Teen Titans Go. She's this sarcastic. I'm tired of dealing with you people. And she uses her magic to just keep the rest of the Titans away from her because they annoy the crap out of her. Uh, but as a character, one of one of the more op just like everybody we're going to talk about an op member of the dc universe and and my number 10 i think uh one of the coolest like capes or cloaks in the comics on raven right right um obviously half half human uh and 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 it's probably a character that a lot of people don't realize is is gay yep hazarath metrion zinthos boom and makes the magic happen so so excellent mr tunny you're number 10 man all right guys just lay off my number 10 is howard the duck <laughs> but he's a marvel character yeah he is oh he's dc he's dc isn't he no he's marvel get the hell out of here yeah google it he's marvel patrick's right he's totally marvel. He, he literally showed up in avengers endgame walking through a ah. Fucking a! All right. Well, then we'll get rid of him. I I, I forgot to put him last week. I, why did I think he was DC? Son of a bitch. All right. So we'll switch it up then. Then I'll take my eleven and move it up a spot. I apologize to the bandwagon nerds universe. I I wanted to put him last week, and I was like, no, he's DC, and I'd even fucking look at it. That is why I, PC Tunny is a bandwagon nerd, folks. Uh, Justifying the name fuck. of the show again. So so my number my number 10 will then be Cisco Ramon vibe. I think he has some of the coolest powers ever just to transport people and things of that nature. I, I mean, I've renewed my love of him uh, on the Flash series and things of that nature. Yes, Patrick, I understand. I will never live this, this down. Right, right, right there across I'm the top. So very, so very embarrassed. 
God damn it. I can't believe I fucked that up. But yeah, Cisco Ramon was my 11. I'll move him up on the list. Um, just an interesting character inside, uh, you know, working with the Flash and things of that nature. So that's where I'm going. I'm starting to wonder if Black Panther is on his list, Patrick. God damn it. I fucking that's, swore uh, all these years. That's I outstanding. Touched DC. It's, that's that's okay. Well, we're learning. So Ray's number ten is higher on my list. So we'll hit it when it comes back around. Not too long. Uh, his number nine was Cyborg. That's higher. Higher on Tony's list. So that brings it to Tony. Your number nine, sir. It's Robin, and he's higher on someone else. Dick Grayson. Yes. Or he's higher on like everybody's list. My number nine uh, is. Um, John Constantine, which was Ray's number 10. Um, one of the characters that just fell off my list, and I almost started this list with three characters where magic is their forefront, because the other character, I almost, my, uh, my honorable mention that almost fell off was Dr. Fate. Um, and as a, as, a, as a guy who loves like horror and, and kind of some dark stuff, like I watched one of the best movies of the 90s, horror movies in the 90s that I regret that I didn't put on my 90s project list in the mouth of madness uh, love dark magic love this concept of like demon hunting and John Constantine the foul mouth I could really give a shit magician who's just kind of stuck with this life that he doesn't want to live but he has to live He he's great and had a television show so popular that when it got canceled, he then got moved into, I think it was legends of tomorrow. Is that where he ended up? Uh, but he is still on a CW, um, DC show after his DC run got canceled. And I, I remember the Mrs. O'Dowd loved that character, uh, was also portrayed in film by Keanu Reeves. Uh, but yeah, John Constantine demon fighting malcontent is my number nine. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, if Justice League Dark ever gets made, he'll be the central character. Um, he's, he's, he's not. I, you know, I wouldn't draw a direct parallel to him with a uh, with Doctor Strange because I would leave that to Doctor Fate. But John, that's Con- Doctor. Yeah, but Easily. Constantine's a different sort of. I mean, a demon hunter, very <laughs> annoyed with everything and everybody, that sort of thing. Uh, he's uh, he, he's definitely more anti-hero than hero. I think in a lot Surly. of ways. He's, he's very surly. He's got an attitude. So yeah, that's a good call. I mean, I it's somebody he was on um, probably on my honorable mentions, but yeah, that's that's a good call. Excellent. Well, thank you. Um, regale us with your number nine, sir. My number nine's Nightwing, so I think we're gonna table that. Higher for, on the, yeah. yeah. Um, so my number eight, though, is I did not see him on your list, but number eight for me is Shazam. He did not make my list. Yeah, I, I mean the original Captain, smart. the original Captain Marvel. You know, everybody thinks that the right. other one was the original Captain Marvel. I, I, I mean, I, he's unique to me because you don't see heroes like I, this. Is a very unique hero as far as uh, all of comics are concerned. Where it's a it, when he's not Shazam, he's just a kid, and then when he invokes the power of Shazam, he turns into a being with powers on a scale not as powerful as superman because superman's beaten his ass a few times and put him in his place but he's extraordinarily powerful uh can harness lightning can stand up to a guy like black adam and hold his own in that situation and then you get the whole marvel family which is as close as dc's going to get to say something like the fantastic four that sort of thing so i 
I, I love the power I set. Mean, he, go ahead, Pat. Is the comp is the Marvel comp Thor like the Donald Blake Thor, like in sort of terms of concept? They're very similar. They're both lightning based. They're both that sort of thing. They can both fly. They're both super strong. They're both based off of godlike powers. So yeah, I think I think Thor's a real. I mean, people like to do a Thor comp to Superman, which I say no. I don't think that works. Uh, but Shazam and Thor, that's a good comparison. But I, I have always loved the Shazam comics. I, I thought, you know, they, they've kind of evolved over the way over the years. The Shazam movie was a, a benchwater moment for DC and Warner Brothers because it showed that, hey, we can make lighthearted comic book movies really well, too. And it gave hope to a right. lot of us that, hey, they're onto something. And Shazam is right there. You know, right there with and Wonder Woman. Zack Snyder's Justice League hit. What's that? I said, and then Zack Snyder's Justice yeah, League Yeah, and hit. then it got dark again. Oh, but here we go. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I I have a lot of hope for Shazam 2, and I think that that's got the potential to be really good. Uh, I love that. I'm curious how they're going to integrate Black Adam with the whole thing or when they will integrate that. It'll happen eventually, maybe not at the outset. But yeah, Shazam, I love his powers. I love... Um, I love the story. I love the character. I love the the Marvel family. So yeah, he's uh, he gets number eight for me. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, wonderful choice. He was one I considered, and I selfishly, I really he was behind Doctor Fate and Raven, and I really wanted to talk about Raven because I loved her. So that's how that's how Shazam got left off of mine. So that brings me to my number eight. Um, my number eight has already been mentioned. One, and for me, it's Martian Manhunter. Yeah, he was my um, number anybody 10. else? He was your number ten. He is not 11 on now. eleven now, I guess. Was twelve. <laughs> a fucking idiot. See, I love that we don't even have to beat you up over this, Tony, because you just no, keep beating yourself. I, You're Charlie Browning yourself am, over this. I am very much known in the sports arena for beating myself up. <laughs> is, oh my goodness! So if um. It's I, I I always use Marvel comps when looking at this. Martian Manhunter, the Vision. Um, the only difference is one's an alien, one's an android. Like the power sets are very similar. Um, the nobility of the two characters are very similar. Uh, and and this is where I will say Marvel is most times a derivative of DC. The Vision is a derivative of Martian Manhunter, and that character and you just you see it it, again he's another one of these just like super powered iconic members of the justice league who decides that earth is worth saving and protecting and and has become an integral kind of a moral voice of the justice league at times when others aren't dave as dc fans isn't martian manhunter the reason that you really want to see like the just like what they've been doing on the DC side and how they ended Zack Snyder's justice league. Like to me, that's why I want to see that go forward because how they, it's like, shit, man, I want to see what the fuck happens there. I mean, Batman and Martian Manhunter. That's what I want to see on screen. Martian Manhunter is one of these characters that when they relaunched the new 52 and and they relaunched the justice league and they swap Martian Manhunter out for cyborg. A lot of people did not, resonate with that it didn't accept that and weren't so because cyborg's been looked at as okay he's a member of the teen titans he's not a member of the justice league and that sort of thing and then all of a sudden you know he got he got switched over into into this sort of scenario the dogs are not happy about it either i can hear him in the next room yeah. 
pissed. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're upset about the whole thing. But um, I, I love the fact that, you know, Martian Manhunter is there's some really great stories about him in the comics. The stuff with the white Martians is fantastic. I, I like the comp to vision with one twist on it he's got the mental telepathic abilities of like a charles xavier or emma frost or something like that which distinguishes him and 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 his telepathic link with the other members of the justice league is really what keeps them together a lot in like grant morrison's run on jla martian manhunter is he he is the the general he's almost captain america ish in how he coordinates everybody the telepathic link is how justice league coordinates a lot of their strategy so he's an infinitely important character but he's like a lot of the early dc characters that they all they gave them all these stupid fucking weaknesses you know i'm i was born and raised on mars yet my weakness is fire wait why how does that work he's frankenstein's monster that's that's all he's frankenstein's monster i guess Iron I guess, but um, his um his story. I mean, the stuff with his wife and his kids. Uh, when you get into the mythos of the Martian Manhunter, is fascinating. But to get to Tunney's point, yeah, I think he was looked at as as an important enough character and something missing that they wanted to bring him in in Zack Snyder's Justice League. You got just enough of that to tease to get you interested. And yeah, I I right. would have loved to see where they would have gone with that because he is. I mean, he he has stood toe to toe with Superman and not backed down and done quite well in those battles. So he's an immensely OP character in in DC Comics. Uh, I, I I would love to see them do more with him and is whatever going. I mean, give him a standalone movie. His his origin story would be really interesting. I think so. Yeah, I love the call. Um, but he's he's one of my favorite characters. Always has been. I'm one of the ones who didn't accept Cyborg as a member of the Justice League. Fair, but fair, fair enough. He should have accepted a lot less out of that movie, but that's okay. Tony, you are up, sir, with your number eight. My number eight is Kara Danvers, Supergirl. I, I love that you get a female, like, basically Wait, 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 Superman. hold on. Did he do it again there? Did you say Carol Danvers? Kara Danvers. <laughs> that's, that's Captain Marvel. No. That's not the name. Oh, Supergirl's That's name not... is not Kara Danvers. You mean Supergirl. Not on. Yeah, I said Supergirl. You did. You said Carol Danvers, yeah. though. Not a... That's what their name is on the on the show right now. Is it? It's Kara Zor-El. Well, what's her real name? What do they call her down on Earth? I don't even know. But I don't know. But I, I do like TV but I do like the call for Supergirl. Talk amongst yourselves. Hold on. Hold on. Cast and characters. Let's see what the Kara Danvers. Okay. Oh, you're it's, right. That is the name that she goes by on the CW show. So, so you and I are bandwagoners Tony, this time, Patrick. Well, we're bandwagoners in the sense of the show, but we did definitely make the Carol Danvers connection to Kara oh, Zorrell. I said Kara. I didn't say Carol. Yeah, no, I know. But we heard the Danvers part and, and ran with that. All right. Well, like Marvel and DC runs run similar lines, right? I, it's, yes, it's everyone's derivative. It's probably the, the the my favorite thing about her is that it's one of the only superheroes where their best friend turns into their arch nemesis, and that's one of the craziest things about her storyline to me. You know, I, I think a superwoman is way more interesting than a Superman, in my opinion. She's um, I mean, <laughs> talk about somebody living in Superman's shadow for a long, long, long time until recently where that 
the show that they did on what is it the CW Tony right that's where the Supergirl made her mark still, still going strong that's a fantastic show and it really added a lot of um depth to the character that I don't know a lot of people knew a lot about her I know she was really important in the whole death of Superman um story arc that took place in what 93 that sort of thing so and her origin story is very different because it's not came here in a spaceship it's it's more complicated than that but she's um i would say out of the characters that you've named so far tony or anybody we've talked about she's probably the most underrated of the characters that we've discussed so far she doesn't get enough attention she doesn't get enough love there's some great stories involving her she's i mean you know most of dc's characters are op to a maximum extent she's another one uh but her relationship and and stuff she does with Superman um, and Alexander Luthor and that sort of thing. Um, those are, those are really cool stories. So uh, it's, it's a great call. Yay. Still cool. digging out um, of that. Yeah. I, dig uh, out, dig nice out, baby. I thought you guys had me again. I'm uh, like, There's way. I didn't think I'm like, fuck, I did it again. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to raise number eight. Raise number eight is Nightwing, which is still higher up on my list. Sure. So we'll go to his number seven, which is Green Arrow, uh, higher on PC Tony's list. So back to you, Tony, for your number seven. My number seven is the Hulk. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my number seven, is, <laughs> my number seven is Firestorm. Good call, man. Okay. Nice right. one. Nice call. Mark um, Stein. Right. It's inter- it's 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 such a great superhero because it's two people. Right. And and when it comes down to it, they work together. Right. But maybe up until and afterwards, they kind of fight each other and they're kind of always going through this emotional thing of, you know, I, I want to be with my family. I want to be myself again and things of that nature. But they know that for the betterment of society and the world in general, they, they need to work together, you know, at least at the beginning and how they're forming Firestorm and things of that nature and realizing what their powers are. Another cool thing I seen when I was scrolling through everything is um, the top 15 DC characters that could have a great chance against the Hulk. And they were rated number six. And I thought that was excellent because the power that they create together is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I think Firestorm would hold more than his own against the Incredible Hulk. That's sure. you're talking about the nuclear man. And, and, and he's. And what I love about it is I forget the names. I know one of them is Ronnie uh, is, is one Ryan of the and Mark Stein. Right. So, uh, and, and they are very different. Isn't like one of them's like jockish sort of thing. And then the other one's more like us. And, and so right. Ronnie, Ronnie's <laughs> younger, Ronnie's younger and he's very in shape and, and a go-getter and like bust you up as a, as a guy and, and Stein as a family. And he's a, like, I'm not sure if he's a professor or, or something to that nature, but very intellectual. Right. So you're, you're combining two very separate entities into one. And Firestorm's so powerful that, uh, when they did the forever evil storyline where the crime syndicate took over everybody and all the superheroes vanished and no one knew where they went, they were actually using Firestorm's body as a matrix to imprison all of the superheroes and and that's how they had to get i mean it's it's way out there sort of stuff but i remember that story arc reading forever evil and just not and that they did dc did a fantastic job of hiding the ball and not letting you know for many many issues across multiple lines that they were running you just never knew what the hell happened to all your heroes like what the fuck happened are they dead if they're not dead then where are they and that went on for like six months 
before you actually yeah. figured out what the hell's going on. So they did an excellent job with that. But yeah, Firestorm is one that I didn't think about and should have. So great call, Cunny. You've redeemed yourself to a certain extent. Yes. Look at you gatekeeping, Tony. Somebody's my, my number seven, I'm going to assume is high. I know it's already high. It's higher on Ray's list. Um, I would assume it's higher on some other lists, and that's Arthur Curry slash Aquaman. Tire up on Ray's list, so we will move on. Thumbs down. Not an Aquaman fan. Blah 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 blah. All right, Dave, your number seven. Uh, my number seven is identical to Ray's, and that's Green Arrow, which I think is higher on Tony's list. Higher on Tony's list. So get us to the commercial break, or start the turn to the commercial break. Yeah. So your number six. My number six is somebody you just mentioned, and that is uh, Aquaman. All right, and that's also Ray's number six. So we're, we're all taking care of that. And I had him at number seven. Tony, okay. you didn't have him on your list at all. 15. I'm just assuming. Nice. I, 15. I, I, it's, it's my least favorite DC oh. character, just considering like the nature of is him. It, I, I, I don't want to shit on Super him. Friends. I, Super Friends great. did Super a lot of damage to Aquaman's legacy. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, you were on the episode where we did the comic spotlight on Aquaman and talked about him in, in detail about... How yeah, Super Friends did no favors to Aquaman. This this is a character really who uh, very much misunderstood and and uh, and maligned for all the wrong reasons because of that show. When you really think about what Aquaman is, one of the most powerful characters that there is in the DC universe. A not it's just not it's not just the telepathy with marine land animals. I mean, he can breathe underwater. He can withstand the pressures of the ocean, which would crush. Just about anybody. Throw the Hulk down in the trench and see how he does down there, that sort of thing. But he's, um, I mean, like some of the stories that we mentioned on that comic spot like that, that one where Black Manta kills his son is some of the most powerful stuff you will ever read in comics. And, and, and Aquaman just has a bad rap. I know Jason Momoa has done wonders as far as reforming the way people perceive him and look at Aquaman as like this cool, edgy, brooding, quasi-alcoholic character, which really isn't what Aquaman is in the comics, but that's okay because you know what right. what Super Friends did with him, you got to go in the complete opposite direction to reform him. You, but, needed, uh, you needed to give him some edge. You did. really did need to give him some edge he because did. He, he was not cool after the super friends no. and he got made like he got made fun on saturday live like it was a joke in the in the tv show entourage like that was the movie that that was being made that was going to be what's his name's big break uh this is one of the few times where dc was a derivative of marvel as namor the submariner uh actually existed two years prior to arthur curry and the characters are very very similar very very Sub similar. both the king submariner, of atlantis submariner Aquaman or the deep? Which one you got? Submariner. I got Namor. Aquaman. Fuck, I'm going with the deep. I, I love Namor and that he just hates humans. Like I just love it. Like he he helps them yet hates them at the same time. It's a, it's a great mix. It's I'm so. I just, the deep has no chance against either one. Let's let's oh, get that out. Of, just, let's get that out of the I way. I just love the fact that that girl came over and fucked his gills and he yeah. deserved it. So on that note, I think we've said all we need to say about Aquaman. Thank I will you. I will say this. When they had Marvel versus DC Pat, Aquaman took on Namor Aquaman one because of his telepathic ability and he had a whale attack Namor and Namor can't do that. So there you Fuck go. That shit. Whatever. <laughs> We're gonna number six. 
my number six, again, I'm assuming that this is all about order and, and just where people have them. I have Hal Jordan, uh, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan as my number six. Not on, it's higher high, on date. Higher on mine. Okay. So that brings us, Tony, you're leading us into the commercial break with your number six, sir. My number six is Cyborg. I have loved the character even before Doom Patrol and Justice League uh, on the movie screen. I just, I like the dynamic of combining things, right? Like Firestorm, you're combining two different humans. Um, Cyborg, you're, you got someone that's turning into a robot, right? Like, and it's just an amazing story there. Um, I, 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 I just love the concept personally. I, I don't know that the stories are as great as everybody else from the comics moving forward, but the character to me resonates with the internal battles really resonate with me when you're trying to fight yourself against something that's trying to take over, whether it's making you better or not. And I think you can read into that a lot with you with cyborg and, and the story of, of Victor stone. Yeah. Just cause he's not on my list. Doesn't mean that the cyborg story isn't great. Cause it is. And even if I don't agree with him being in, in the justice league, whatever, um, it is a great story. It's a fascinating story. Talk about another character who didn't have any favors done to him by the movies is cyborg with the original justice. And then the Snyder cut did a lot to try and salvage that, but a lot of people didn't watch that. And, uh, and a lot of people are going to have in their mind, the cyborg from the Joss Whedon version. And that's just a boring, dry fucking character with nothing, no substance to him. So, um, and the comics are way better than anything they've ever. Absolutely. He's even, even doom patrol, even doom patrol. I think doom patrol is the best, uh, visual tele bigger small screen portrayal of cyborg, regardless of the Zack Snyder cut. But read the stories in the comics; they're 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 much more in depth and entail on what he's dealing with as going through transforming into a fucking robot for mostly, you know, yeah. basically. Is he on Titans? Have they introduced him on Titans, Tony, or is it just on Doom Patrol? I think just Doom Patrol. Okay, I've, I've, only, check. I've, I've, only, I've only watched one episode on Doom Patrol, so I can't tell you yet. But I'm you're, in. But he's great. He's great, and he's great on uh, Teen Titans Go, Pat. He's great in Teen Pat, Titans I would, Go. I would love for you to message me after every episode of Doom Patrol you watch. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of empathy for Brendan Fraser's character right now. Uh, That'll go away. He he takes a, he takes an early lead, um, but it's one episode in. Um, okay, so that was your number six. Ray's number six was also Aquaman, so that means that we are heading into our second commercial break where we will have a loaded top five. Before we head over to our recorded commercials, let me just take this moment to remind you that if you like what we're doing here on the Chairshot Radio Network, to head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot and check out the variety of shirts that we have available. We have over 25 different designs, everything from show designs like A Winner Is You and Bandwagon Nerds to some of our favorite phrases and sayings from shows hashtag journalism hashtag safe tag team wrestling jesus did the job and i'm trying to do a commercial stop making me laugh anyway <laughs> his dad was the promoter uh i lost my train of thought thanks honey um Yes. So if you like what we've been doing over here on the chair shot uh, at the chair shot radio network, head over to pro wrestling tees. You can get your shirt in standard style for 1999 or go fancy, spend a few dollars more and get it soft style. Thank you very much for your support. Again, that is pro wrestling tees.com forward slash the chair shot. When we come back, our top five DC heroes of all time. Hey, seven, six, five. 
This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshop.com. I mean, I'm sitting there trying to do a commercial, and I got I got Tony showing me screenshots. It's messing with my head, man. Messing with my head. Do you want to read it for everybody? Because read it, read Double it, XL Large Popcorn had a pretty great reply to what I said. So there, there you go. Can you see that? A little bit higher, my friend. You got to lift your phone up a little bit higher. There you if go. he were DC, he'd have power over all other waterfowl or something. That is probably true. He'd probably, you know, be the Aquaman of birds, of waterfowl. Well, it's well still better well than the played. Wonder Twins, but anyway. Uh, those, <laughs> the Wonder Twins are not real. I just I don't care what anybody says. They're not real. They're never, they, you will not find them in any comics, that's for sure. That's for damn sure. All right, so let's get into our top five. This raise number five is higher on at least my list for sure. I haven't heard the name from either of you as well. His number five was Wonder Woman. So we are just going to move right past that. We're going to move into my number five, which I have Dick Grayson slash Robin slash Nightwing slash DC Manhor. DC Manhor. That's my favorite character Dude, that he's, uh, of his. That's my, that's my who nickname. Did, who hasn't Dick Grayson slept with? Your Burt silence Ward. speaks volumes. Burt Ward slept with a lot of people, too. Yes, he did. He could have played Nightwing had it existed in the cheesy 60s. Look, as much as I joke about the DC man whore thing, um, I, I, I felt necessary. I, I'm, uh, this is it. Like Everybody's listed Nightwing at some point now. I'm not. Yeah, he's my number nine. Right. He, yeah, nine. I felt like you have to mention Robin because of the shadow that's cast by Batman and and him coming out of that as Nightwing and becoming his own character. And Dick Grayson really found this amazing niche as Nightwing, but he was also like, he was a member of the Teen Titans. He was a leader of the Teen Titans uh, before he struck out on his own and became just a badass, just a, a, a cool hip other version of Batman with his own edge and kind of rejection of Batman all to say, like, it's just a great conflict of, of who he is and his own identity. And people love Nightwing. Like I put him up there just because he's as popular on some levels as like the Wolverine is in Marvel, not the best hero, but one of the most popular. Would you guys say that he's maybe if, if not the most, but one of the most characters that has a big chip on his shoulder? Oh God! With without like, question, does anybody have a bigger chip on their shoulder than Dick Grayson? Well, it's I would say sometimes, but his relationship with Bruce Wayne slash Batman is absolutely fantastic and, and 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 fascinating as you watch them from when he was Robin and Batman's sidekick, like Patrick saying, to breaking out of his shadow and not wanting to be a sidekick and becoming Nightwing, and then Batman having this begrudging respect of Nightwing as they go along and their relationship evolves to the point that I don't know if Batman ever looks at him as an equal, but he looks at him very differently when he branches off as Nightwing. And, 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 and then it's, it's ironic. Batman casts such a big shadow over Robin that he had to break free that once Nightwing breaks free, it's like, 
Batman, it's like Robin has cast a shadow back on Batman that he's got to find people to bring in as other Batman or other Robins, you know? So it, it's a very, I wouldn't say circuitous relationship because it's not, but yeah, the stuff with Nightwing, he turns into a complete and utter badass. Uh, and, and yeah, I'd say he's got a chip on his shoulder, but he does. He is also one of Batman's most trusted allies, even though he branches off. He is. I mean, it, when the chips are down, who does Bruce turn to? He turns to Dick Grayson, Dick Grayson. Let's <laughs> clarify that. Yeah, I know. As soon as I said yeah, that, I'm like, I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> uh, wouldn't, you know, it's Richard. funny, though, he because turns like, to Richard. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Richard, that's his name. Uh, it's funny, though, because it's like. Like you said, Robin's always trying to prove that he's equal to Batman. And then Batman's always trying to prove that you're replaceable, right? Like, it's that consistent, like, almost father-son relationship to a point, right? Very much so. I mean, he stepped in after Robin's, after Dick Grayson's parents were killed. Bruce came in and took him in. So he is every bit his father figure, similar to what Alfred is to Bruce. Bruce is to Dick Grayson. So... I got um, I got Alfred at fourteen, by the way. Okay, oh, well nice at least mom. he's a DC character, so you're you're doing well there. So, well, snap! Just David Uthar is I'm on fire gonna, today. Bandwagon. Even from, like, even from my best go. friend, I'm I'm just gonna you know what I'm just gonna have to take this. I, I I'm gonna own it. I own you it. You do. You got it. You got to own and embrace it. And we're gonna let Dave own I'm and embrace his dead. number five now. Uh, my number five, I don't know if he's higher on anybody else's list, but it's uh, Green Lantern. No? Hal Jordan? Well, yeah, Hal Jordan specifically, but Green Lantern in general. Um, I mean, I, I really, that was the thing is because there's so well, many. Like, Hal's, consider, Hal, Hal's universally considered the best Green Lantern, without right. a doubt. Until he goes rogue and goes bad. But no. uh, yeah, the, the Green Lantern. Okay, everybody goes bad. Not like him, not to, not to the parallax, not, not parallax bad not, and parallax bad. Not everybody, it's not everybody. He's the bad guy. Not, not everybody. Right. The paragon of love never goes bad. Go ahead. That's true. Uh, but I mean, as far as characters go, Green Lantern, you look at powers and power sets and what they bring to the table, what Green Lantern, Hal Jordan brings to the table. Uh, the power ring is one of the most, if not the most powerful weapon in the entire DC universe. I, uh, the power of will anything can be constructed like Patrick you said what like you said when we were talking the villains project one of the problems with Green Lantern was that they took this amazing concept of being able to make any construct out of will and they used it to make a fucking hot wheel set and that's how he dealt with parallax and that was a problem and Green Lantern is so much more than that and I think when we did the comic spotlight on him this is a character that desperately needs the Aquaman-like redemption. We needed Jason Momoa to come in and redo this movie because what they did with the Ryan Reynolds movie was a travesty. And that's not Ryan's fault. That's just the movie. Uh, but right. as far as characters go, yeah, Green Lantern is just ultimately powerful. Uh, it is Hal Jordan that I'm thinking of specifically, although uh, John Stewart is great. You know, you've got people like Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, uh, Kyle Rayner is fantastic as well. But yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, but I was thinking Hal Jordan and, and Hal is, is, you know, a, a real lesson in, in how even the best of us can get corrupted and the story of him falling to parallax and becoming the specter and then getting the redemption is really good. Uh, but yeah, as far as like the power ring and the green lantern and the, the oath and 
the stories that came out of uh, the Green Lantern core and that sort of thing. Yeah, I got I got Green Lantern at number five. So I'd be remiss if, oh, go ahead. Shout out to Cato uh, and Bruce Lee's portrayal specifically, but I just couldn't put the Cracker Jack box superhero on my top ten. Well then, um, I did. I would be remiss. I did make a mistake here. So take your drinks, everybody. Ray had Hal Jordan as number four. So when he gets to his number four, we'll we'll pass it on because we're about to hit our number fours. Um, I just always loved the idea of space police. And that's always the way I've kind of looked at the Green Lantern Corps was space police. That's why I kind of liked the Nova Corps. And then they just wiped them all out off screen by Thanos. Who's the who's the character? Is it just alien uh, and invincible that Seth Rogen plays where invincible flies to the moon and. The oh alien. god, he has a name. No, um, you know what I'm talking about. Like yes. that seems like space police to me. You brought up space it's police. very much. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna effort it while Dave tells us his number four. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> I don't have to guess much. I'm almost positive this is gonna be higher on Tunney's list. It is the Flash. Yep. I never got to my number five. Did we skip your number five? Who was your number five, man? Green Arrow. Oh, we, we did. skipped your number five. I'll take another drink. That's my fault. Drink twice. Sorry. It's it, well, we're skipping the yeah, the flash is down the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ollie. Ollie. Ollie Ollie Queen. What are you gonna do about it? I mean, the guy gets stranded on an island and he does not only does he not die, he becomes a super fucking hero with no superpowers whatsoever, pretty much. I mean, except for the fact that he is fucking laser focused on what he's doing. I, I love the character even before we get to the Arrowverse, but it just solidifies it for me. Uh, Stephen Amell, shout out to him for rejuvenating that character, but it's a very interesting character. I know you guys had it on your top 10 as well. Yeah, I had him at seven. Um, you know, we talked about Hawkeye last week. There are so many similarities between those two characters, their arrogance, their attitude, Obviously, they do the same. They are the same power set. It's all about gimmick arrows and and archery and and archery ships. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said last week in JLA versus JLA Avengers, the interaction between Hawkeye and Green Arrow is priceless because you put those two in a room together and you can imagine what's going to happen. And it's and they capture that really well in the comics. But yeah, Ali's um entrepreneurial. He's got the big issues that he has are. Batman's his ally most of the time. Superman is definitely not. And he's got big problems with Superman. Because, and, and Green Arrow's the one who calls him the Boy Scout. And, and straight to his face calls him the Boy Scout. But he's, um, yeah, I, I think the Arrowverse and, and what they did with the show really broadened a lot of people's ideas and perceptions as to who Green Arrow was and, and made, made him more likable. Stephen Amell made Green Arrow a lot more likable than he otherwise should be. Right. Well, and that's his relationship with the Flash, you know, but I mean, yeah, he's 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 almost the dick of DC for the most part. Right. (laughs) Like he's going to he's going to try to do what he can to do it, do everything right as long as his line of thinking. But he doesn't have a problem pissing anybody off along the way. No. And Ollie's running a close second to Dick Grayson for man whore, Pat, just so you know. (laughs) That's fair. Hey, help me remember if I'm wrong. Uh, by the way, uh, Seth Rogen's character in Invincible is Alan the Alien. Um, that's his name. But um, Green Arrow did a similar sort of demon in a bottle 
plot with drug use. His sidekick, Speedy. Speedy gets hooked on heroin, and there's a no, there's a Green Arrow Green Lantern crossover. Some of the some of the best DC stories were the Green Lantern Green Arrow crossovers because they start off. Hal Jordan and Oliver Queen's uh, relationship starts out very tense because they are yeah. very different. Hal's very much, even though Hal Jordan is as arrogant as Oliver Queen will ever be as far as, but it's limited to his piloting skills and not so much his superhero gig. Uh, Ollie has to deal with, yeah, Speedy becomes a heroin addict and it's a very powerful um, issue where it's basically him and Hal having to rescue him and bring him back from the edge. But it was, I remember we talked about that on one of these episodes. It was a, um, a very controversial issue at the time because comics didn't go down. It's like when, when they killed off Gwen Stacy in, in Spider-Man comics didn't go down that path. And, and that green arrow episode where Speedy's dealing with heroin addiction, they didn't do a lot of that kind of stuff. So I recall it being, uh, a very big deal at the time, but I think that's what you right. were thinking. I knew, about. It was a, I knew it was, yeah, I knew it was a pretty famous comic arc um, because it did. It touched on something that doesn't really get touched on very often. So, um, okay, so I I ruined the order. That was Tony's number five. Dave, Aldrin. you got your number five, right? Right. So that means we're on to your number four. What was your number five, Pat? Just make sure we got yours in there. My number five was Dick Grayson. Okay. So yeah, my number four was the flash and that's right. It's also my number four, which is higher up on Tony's list, which now means that it's Tony's turn for his number four. Oh, Diana Prince. He's higher on mine. Higher on mine too. Um, raise number four was Hal Jordan. Raise number three is Barry Allen, which brings to my number three. Yeah, we're, we're basically just going to go to our number ones here. So go ahead, keep going. Right. My number three is Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman. She's my number three as well. There you go. All right. So we'll cover we're all on the same page here. Well, here's the thing is, I, I yeah, I think that outside of your number one, these number three, like the top three for myself and Dave are going to probably not quite match, but are pretty close. And to me, they're the it's the first of the big three within D.C., like, and it's amazing to see how far this character has gone when you consider that it was originally written for a guy to live out his little female bondage fantasies. Uh, and it, it, seriously, go look up the history of the Wonder Woman comic and look at some of those old comics. It was very much, um, you know, all about like tying women up and disempowering them. And like and his his life was reflected in those comics to becoming you know the amazonian you know on par with with you know a superman with with the shazam with any one of these great heroes that are out there in the dc universe i mean she has and she's an icon now you know you want to talk about ways a movie improves the character stock the first Wonder Woman movie just exploded her her stock and her popularity uh, because of just how wonderful with Patty Jenkins destroyed that just killed it with that movie and made her even made it even more iconic, you know, than what you know took what Linda Carter did and made it bigger and stronger and amazing. Whether or not you think Linda Carter is still the you know still the representation of Wonder Woman or not, that movie. 
um, really put put it, her at a new level. Even Dawn of Justice. I'll even go as far as Dawn of Justice. The best part of Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, is Wonder Woman. Oh, without question. But I think I think you're right. As iconic as Linda Carter's portrayal of her was, uh, Gal Gadot didn't have to take a backseat to anybody, and and that Wonder Woman movie really, uh, you know, when you look at the big three in the comics, it, yeah, you could say Superman slash Batman slash Wonder Woman, uh, but in the movies, you'd have to say Wonder Woman's the most iconic of the three and had the strongest performance out of any of them. But like like you're saying, she's come a long way from being a object of this guy's bondage fetish to where she ends up, which is arguably the most powerful character in the DC universe. You know, she can stand in there with Superman and trade blows. She is inarguably the greatest female superhero that there is across DC. I'm so glad you said that. Across Marvel. It doesn't matter. Nobody comes. I mean, there are other strong fantastic female characters there's only one wonder woman and, and and that's how iconic she is with whether you deal with the invisible jet whether you deal with the the lasso of truth um you know the the amazons the whole thing she is the she, yeah she is the, the archetype for female superheroes she's at the very she's at the apex she's the apex predator to steal from randy orton of female superheroes and i i mean yeah there's there's only one Wonder Woman, and she's amazing. So I, I, I love what they've done with the character. She's been in, involved in some really interesting storylines, like in Flashpoint. I can't wait to see what they do with her, if they bring her in on the Flash movie as well, as to what they're going to do with that. But yeah, I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 might have missed the mark a bit, sure. But, you know, I, I think they've done some really good things with her character, Patty Jenkins, I guess, is going to come back for Wonder Woman 3. I have a lot of faith in that movie. You know, Wonder Woman 84 is like, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic. This is the first blockbuster that got released during the pandemic when it was still a really bad thing. So who knows what that movie was supposed to actually be like that they may have just said, let's get it out there. It's not a terrible movie. It just was a little bit off. But yeah, Wonder Woman, number three for me as well. Go ahead, Tony. I, I'm I'm so glad you brought up the point that the most is she speaking of female superheroes she's far and above more powerful than anybody and societally she she's so important like she's given women the perspective that you you're not you're equal to everybody else you're equal to men right like in a, in a time when when that wasn't necessarily what society viewed as far as you know um sex is being the same this was someone as a superhero that was like yo i'm a woman but i'm just as powerful and just as capable as everybody else and and you should look at men and women as equals and to me that's the most important thing for her character i mean yeah i mean yeah i don't know what what there is to say there one thing i will say is you know we're talking about how she's the most powerful female character i don't think that was always looked upon that way and i go back to when they did dc versus marvel Wonder Woman took on Storm, and I'm looking it up right now, and, I, and we'll, we'll, I can verify it later, but I think that was one of the ones where they let the fans vote who got who won, and they voted Storm to win, and I'm like, no fucking okay. way, no fucking way right. would okay. Storm that's, beat Wonder that's, Woman. That sounds like a bunch of wrestling fans picking something because they're tired of the shit getting shoved down their throat. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, it's a, it's cool how she does it, but it's still like no. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, no, that would not happen. No. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, that was my number three. That was your number three, right, Dave? It was, yes. So I'm going to assume that it, that means it's your number two. Yeah, right, I, right? I just verified they did. They did have Storm versus Wonder Woman was one of the ones where they voted. Right. There were five of them that they had the fans vote. Interesting. So Tony's number three. Did I go the wrong way? How did we okay. get off on you? We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. My number three is higher update. Day- we well, we have three things to talk about left. What's is 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 anything on Ray's list? Not the top three. Uh, no, Batman no. It's his 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 one and two are his his number one is Batman. His number two is Superman. I'm assuming Dave, you might be the other way around. I am. What what's race three? It was it was Barry Allen. That's why I thought we got oh, your number three. Is so let was... so let's just cover them in order. I'll I'll go first then. Let's talk. Well, you want to talk about Flash then Batman then Superman? Should we do that? Sure. All right. I had Superman then Batman and then Flash. Superman yes. three, Batman two, Flash one for me awesome. personally. That's a per that's a personal preference. Yeah. Like I don't think you can really argue on the top four. You throw Wonder Woman in there, and those are the top four DC fucking heroes ever. Um, we'll start with the Flash, Paragon of Love, like everything Barry Allen. Barry Allen specifically is doing the right thing. He might be the most right thing character of all time when he's Barry Allen and not being taken over. Right? I mean, to me, he's the most powerful because there's no one else that can stay alive and reverse what happened, for the most part. I know Superman could if he wanted to, but it's not necessarily a thing he, that he does. So I I am in love with the Flash character. I will I will concede to the fact that he is not the number one DC hero of all time, but for me he is, and I just like the way he goes about things. I like to be able to move faster than the speed of light. You know, that's just, just fucking phenomenal. So there's so many stories, and to me the biggest thing for him, and I talked about it before, is villains. The villains make the superhero. And while maybe not all of the villains he's ever faced are at the top of the list, but his conference of villains as a power hold is something to behold. Like there are so many great villains that the flash has messed with and he deals with them in different ways too. Like, I love the fact that he is so versatile on how he can conquer someone. Like he can use his abilities to do it. He can speak to them from a point of love and get them to just stop doing what they're doing as well. So for me, Barry Allen is the character that I've connected most with in the flash. And that's why he was number one for me. I, he was like, I mean, I had a lot of trouble with wonder woman versus flash as far as three, four. So they're really three, a and three B for me, but uh, yeah, the flash is, is an amazing character. He's, I mean, even, even when it returns into Wally West flash is still a great character. Wally's different than Barry, but but still, yeah, he's, I mean, Barry Allen, the Paragon of Love is, is a very accurate description. I mean, everything he does is motivated either by the love for, for Doris or the love for his mother and trying to right that wrong that went so badly. And Barry's got, you know, always has the best of intentions, even if his actions don't always lead to the best results, i.e. Flashpoint Paradox. But um, I still like in Final Crisis, I still remember one of the most, heartbreaking things but heartwarming at the same time barry allen sacrificing himself for everybody 
to you know and 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 the death of Barry Allen in the comics is just devastating to see you know arguably one of the foremost iconic characters in DC comics die and yeah sure he gets brought back in some capacity later on but never really never really comes back and and it was just it was heartbreaking but he did it for his friends and so they could win but yeah I mean the introduction of the speed force and and which distinguishes people who want to draw comparisons between Flash and Quicksilver. I'm like, no, there is no comparison. Quicksilver's maybe one tenth the speed of the Flash at his best, and and you know he doesn't have the speed force. He can't make time go backwards. The Flash is a, an immensely powerful character that um is just one of my favorites. I haven't watched enough of the show. I really want to. I I do like. I did like the way the Flash was portrayed better in the Snyder Cut than the the original version of Justice League. Just there was more to him, and I thought the 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 CW show does a great job of basically almost taking stories from the comics and adapting them. Like especially with villains, right? I mean, Ian Barthon the whole way through. You got Zoom, you got Grodd, you got. We talked about um, what is it, King Shark? I can't remember Shark. You know, and how they portrayed that differently, but the the things he has to go up against are are pretty awesome. He's a great character. Yeah, I um, I mean, I would venture to say, you know, I I said when I talked about Wonder Woman, the big three, like this is where we get into sort of just the the iconic nature of the DC universe's top characters, because there's an argument to be made and clearly you just made it Tony, for for any of them to be number one and you know when a character can alter time can speed through time that's a pretty big power set um and so yeah i i see absolutely nothing wrong with any of our number one picks there's just there's just no way to 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 deny it would you say, in comparing Marvel and DC, that the most moral characters are Flash and Captain America? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, you can't. There's really nobody else. Maybe Spider Man. Um, he doesn't really jump into the gray too much outside of the whole Venom thing. But um, again, that's very, very much sort of like a, a parallax sort of issue with, with green lantern. So, but captain America, yeah, like that's the, that's the guy. And, and even he, like we ate, we turned a storyline where, where he was less than virtuous. So, um, it, it does impact everyone. Um, we we're going to talk about Batman next, right? Is that where we're going to go next? So Batman was my number one. It was also raised number one. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. Um, when just talking about, I can't even remember how it came up, but we're talking about the old Batman animated series. Um, you know, we talk about our love of characters of superheroes that don't have powers. And one of my favorite nerd arguments to hear uh, is the, is Batman really a superhero or is he just a dude who's the smartest motherfucker in the room? He's a superhero. Because there's an argument, right? There is, but he's a superhero. He's a superhero. But but it's the same question you could have for Iron Man. It's the same question you could have for any sort of character, Hawkeye, any character who does who isn't imbued with some sort of innate natural superpower. Though you could argue that you know Tony Stark's brain is a superpower. Um, Batman, like the, the, I talked about this before, 
one of the best parts about Batman is that when he premiered in Detective Comics, you know, DC, he was like he didn't have his own title. He was in Detective Comics and he was a detective uh, who just wore a costume. But most of his comics were really about like investigation and forensics and science and like tracking down villains and bad guys. And over time, he started to he 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 changed as we started getting super villains for him to face. And he became the protector of Doc Gotham in the dark night. And he had like this active, good relationship with the, with the police department and commissioner Gordon. And, you know, his, his, his preparedness bordering on, you know, just insane paranoia and being prepared for literally anything and having a contingency to be able to take on anything and anyone, even Superman, you just you just can't keep Batman down, and when you can't keep Batman down, like he's always got a plan for you. That's why he was my number one because you just he's he's always ready for it, you know. Except for Bane breaking his back, and then you know he oh. just repairs it. But I mean, we've talked about that. Bane broke his back because he set every one of Batman's villains after him to the point that Batman was exhausted, and it was just you know picking the scraps at that point. You know, the debate for me, and I've had this with lots of people, and we'll, we can talk about it here, Batman, Superman, why do I like Superman better than Batman? I ask people, why do you like Batman better than Superman? I understand why people like Batman better than Superman, probably better than my own argument for Superman. He is, he's more relatable, he's darker, he's got more of an edge, he's not the goody-goody, he's not the Boy Scout. A lot of people like that, and that's fine. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely adore Batman. Absolutely love Batman. He's a he is the yin to Superman's yang. That sort of thing. They are shadowy reflections of each other, but they both have the same kind of moral compass. And Batman, to a greater to some extent, even more so than Superman, is Batman's like I, I won't kill. I'll beat the shit out of you. I'll do all this stuff, but I won't kill. Um, but Batman. I mean, you're talking one and two have probably the greatest origin stories of any superheroes out there. When you look at Batman's origin story and how often it's been told and this kid watching his parents get gunned down and the impact it has upon him, but Batman's strength is, and where he's got Superman beat and beaten badly is the villains and the rogues gallery of villains that Batman faces Joker, Penguin, Riddler, uh, Catwoman, um, you know, two face scarecrow, <laughs> you know, you can go on and on and on. he, I, I firmly believe he's a superhero. You know, it doesn't matter that he doesn't have superpowers. That's really not what defines a superhero. It's it's commonly felt that, well, you got to have superpowers. That's just one element to it. When you look at what Batman does with his intellect, with his resources, with the gadgets he comes up with, with the way that he leads people, the way people look up to him, he's very much, I wouldn't say, you know, the Flash Captain America comparison is more accurate but Batman has a lot of Captain America qualities as well. And um, fighting style, the, the stuff that they do. He doesn't have Cap's super soldier serum, but yeah, I mean, Batman is just one of the greatest characters of all time. The greatest, I, I still say Dark Knight. I still give Dark Knight the edge over Endgame or Infinity War as the best superhero movie of all time. And a lot of that has to do with the Joker, but yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if I can add a whole lot. Batman's absolutely, without question, one of my favorites. He's number two on my list for a reason. They don't come much more iconic than than Batman. Yeah, no one has more high-profile villains to go against than Batman. You can pick pick whatever comic, you know, uh, 
scope you would like to go with. It, it's it's absolutely amazing, and the way he's penetrated pop culture from early on all the way through, it's been consistent, right? I I think his biggest superpower is he had the I don't want to say had the least, but did the most with what he had to create the persona, right? Like his superhero is how people view Batman. Like people like that aren't actual superheroes that know him are scared shitless of what he is, right? He's so mysterious and dark, and that's something that nobody else necessarily is capitalized on. Yeah, I mean, I think like yeah, Spider-Man's the only only superhero I can think of who's got a rogues gallery of villains that can match Batman's. That would be my and, and even not to the general public. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I was like, I, I would say there, there's no question. Like, if you were to throw out, and I would even argue, like between Batman and Superman, I, I would put Spider-Man at number three. Um, and I actually, I actually may even have the X-Men above Spider-Man in terms of their rogues gallery and their opponents, because I think there's far more known X-Men villains in the Marvel universe than, than Spider-Man. Uh, you know, you get the Green Goblin and the Kingpin, and then you get into the Sinister Six, six sure. But X-Men, you've got Magneto, you've got Apocalypse, you've got Mr. Sinister, you've got, it just goes on and on. So um, it's all there. But Batman, I, I think it's without question. Like all these, like all these other heroes, you can kind of name in the DC universe, you can kind of name like one or two heroes, but you can just really go down the list with, you know, Joker, Penguin, Riddler, Bane, Catwoman, um, Gosh, Mr. Freeze, the Scarecrow, like I'm at seven. Two-Face. And no fight. Yeah, Two-Face. Like you just go Clayface. Um, speaking, we just go through Raza, Raza al Ghul. I mean, there's one we Raza forgot. Al Ghul, the League Jeez. of Shadows. Like and the and then thing. also the, 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 the tense relationships with people that he actually works with as well are, are also things that he has to deal with. As, you know, in yeah, addition he to has it. a plan to kill Superman. Oh, wait. Amen. He has a plan to kill Every member of the Justice League. Basically, yeah. yes. But I was leading with oh. Superman so that we could segue into your number one. Ah. Alfred is safe. I mean, yeah, it, no surprise that Superman's my number one. He's been my favorite since I was a kid. He was the first superhero that I ever got into, and, and he's remained 50 years later here, that sort of thing. He's still my number one. I, I When I think of going to the opposite extreme, like what we just talked about, what makes what makes Batman a superhero and what does he not have? Then you look at Superman and what makes him a superhero. And it's very obvious. He is arguably the most powerful character in all of comics across all genres, across all mediums. Now there are some who can match up with him. Sure. But what to me, what always gets me and why I love Superman so much is that he has this ultimate power. He, he could take over everything but yet he has the moral compass and the restraint to do what's best for humanity what's best for the world and that sort of thing he never wavers yes in a different way um he never wavers from that except in the injustice storyline where he's driven insane by the joker but he's just um you know you look at a power super strength he can fly he's got heat vision he gets super breath he can see through everything except lead uh his his rogues gallery of villains isn't nearly as strong as Batman's, although Lex Luthor is awesome as his brainiac, that sort of thing. But he's just he's always been 
he's always been my number one just because I look at what he has, what he can do, and what he does with that, and that he doesn't abuse that. And I, I think that that puts him over the top for me. Just to, just to throw this into film and, and representation on film, I just like he's so iconic. He's only ever needed one theme song. He's only needed one. You hear those notes. Everyone knows what John Williams was saying. Right? That's all you need. That's all you've ever needed. Batman's had like seven theme songs. Um, But you hear that like, and you hear that, you know, I remember hearing that in a theater uh, for the first time. And it chills, just chills. And and it's amazing. And yeah, here the reason... The reason I didn't put Superman number one is kind of the ridiculousness of his power set at different times. Like, he blew out a star, people. Like, oh, the star's giving us problems. And he went, and it went out. Problem solved. Like, that's just no fun. And I, I'm sorry, half the fun of Batman is that you can beat the shit out of Batman. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna win, but he can beat the shit out of Batman. I, I agree with what you're saying. I had Batman 3, I mean Batman, I had Superman 3 behind Batman and Flash, basically for the reason that, honestly, for the most part, he's pretty vanilla. Yeah. So, yeah no, he yeah, is. I'm, he I'm is. 100%. He is, I mean. But, I'm not, so, I, if you have Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, or Flash as your number one, personally, I have zero problems with that. I don't think there's anybody else you could. I know I'm not a Green Lantern person. You could probably throw him in there in the top four as well. But those five, it's unarguable that they're the top five DC heroes ever. Right. With Black Panther being a close number six. And um, how stuck. And Black Lightning, for that matter. I got Black Lightning at 13. Ah, Jefferson Pierce Pierce is a badass, bro. Oh, he is. Absolutely. So. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think that's going to do it. That's going to close the book on the Hero Project. Well done, guys. And I love that after all of this, and this is just my own personal cross to bear with the grief that I've taken, I do love that at the end we have come to some sort of peaceable, agreeable consensus that there is no wrong answer because it's our fucking list. And if I want to keep Black Panther off a list, I'm going to do it. And I did it twice. Yeah, Thanks. you hear that, Greg? You are that, Greg, and Platt, and Ray, and... No, I'm just fucking around. No, and... But in all seriousness, this is always a lot of fun. Uh, next week, guys, we start the next round of Marvel, mo- or Marvel TV shows as Loki debuts this Wednesday on Disney Plus, the MCU Open Musical will be back. That's right. We'll be covering a show again. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited. I haven't seen any early reviews yet, though I do think the silence embargo has been lifted because I saw some talking on Twitter. I just haven't seen any articles posted about that. So I'm looking forward to gleaning all I can from, from those reviews when they come. What I mean, from the previews we've seen, what are you guys looking most forward to? I... I I'm looking to see what Owen Wilson does with this character because I think it's going to make the show, personally. Right. I think it is really about their interplay and Owen Wilson staying a step ahead of Loki until he's not. And that's that's going to be, I think, a lot of fun to see and see how it breaks down. So I'm also interested to see what, what they explore 
with the multiverse. Like this idea of timelines and things getting messed with. I really hope they take the ball and run with it. And I'm excited about that idea. So that's, that's me. Yeah. I mean, this is the 2012 version of Loki, not the one that Thanos killed. So this is the right. more mischievous variation, not the one who got softened at the end and was Thor's buddy. This is when he still wants to kill Thor. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Right. And we are going to be here to cover it next week. Monday on Bandwagon Nerds. Is mayonnaise an instrument? What to go jellyfishing? What am I supposed to do all day while you're at school? Can I use your bathroom? Who's your friend? What does claustrophobic mean? <laughs> you know what the problem is. Okay, well, this week I actually struggled with a couple of the questions. Uh, for a little while and i know it's it's tough but i'm not one to leave the bandwagon hanging so one of the things that did come across i've started watching a lot of old retro shows all these streaming services that have been coming you know that are they're coming to me i'm seeing a lot of stuff from like my childhood or stuff i grew up on and it also then got me thinking of kind of where we are now in entertainment and the number of like reboots and reduxes that that have come about and so you have the power to reboot a show and bring it back to the airwaves. Can't be one that's already in a reboot. What is your one show you're bringing back to the masses? I've already got mine. I got mine. Tell you, go ahead. you got yours, Dave. Go ahead. It's it's going back to the heroes project. The number one got TV it. series that I talked yeah, about. Give me, give me the $6 million man back. Make him the $6 billion man. I don't give a shit. Give me Steve Austin, not Stone Cold. The other Steve Austin. I'd love to see what that show Steve rebooted. Austin played by Steve Austin. Ooh, ooh, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be great. Can it be a spinoff? Sure. I would love to see what Arya Stark does heading west of Westeros in Game of Thrones. Nice. What's west I of Westeros? Nobody knows. She was the best character by the end. Yeah. She asked, what's west of Westeros? Nobody knows. I'm going to find out. Very cool. Very cool. So for me, also back to uh, a previous episode um, uh, of Bandwagoners, I'd bring back Quantum Leap. I fucking love Quantum Leap so, so much. And always hated that that show didn't get to end on its own terms and would have loved to have seen how that show ended. playing Sam Beckett. Oh, gosh. You know, this is going to sound kind of funny. Uh, Shazam himself, Zachary Levy. Um, that, that's a good call. And, and do it as like a fish out of water sort of sort of deal too because i yeah i just love that show now the real question is who, who plays, plays out yes god like, damn the same page here because because house probably was was always the more was was the funny character so oh paul, paul Heyman. have we talked about how i feel about paul Heyman? Uh, obviously not you don't like him so we can just move on i i uh, ask craig sometime about how I feel about Paul Heyman. No, I, uh, I, I think he's one of the best minds in wrestling. I hate his character. Anyway, um, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, guys, great show. Quick show. Efficient show this time around. Just under two hours. I think it's Next because week, Ray's not here. I'm blaming the Reverend for this. Sure. He, uh, and He's self-proclaimed an obloviator. <laughs> right and we and, and we we did a lot of skipping to the end for our list this time around because like we said a lot of iconic heroes but um next week 
jumping back into covering a television show with Loki. Very excited about that. And of course, we will have all kinds of great news from the Nerdosphere to cover as well. Until that time, for PC Tunney and David Ungar, this is Patrick O'Dowd wishing you a happy Monday. Now get out of the basement, get some sun, read some DC comics, and enjoy the icons. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here, a part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. I just want to run, hide it away, run because the chase sent me down. I just want to run, throw it away, run before the finding me out. I just want to run. I just want to run. I'm not here all alone. I try to call your house, can't reach you on the phone. Gather up the nerve, I'm packing up my bag, it's more than you deserve, don't treat me like a drag, I'm feeling like I keep on talking, I'm repeating myself, my words lost all meaning, I keep talking, I repeat myself, I just want to these scars? No. But I know how you got these. This is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. You truly are incorruptible, aren't you? Huh? You won't kill me out of some misplaced sense of self-righteousness. And I won't kill you. Because you're just too much fun. <laughs> I think you and I are destined to do this forever. It will be different. Sometimes you'll feel like an outcast. But you'll never be alone. You will make my strength your own. see my life through your eyes as your life 
like this layer of dimensional reality and it seems to manipulate space-time. I call it the speed force. It causes me to burn a tremendous amount of calories, so I am just a black hole of snacks. I am a snack hole. How many people are on this special fight team? Three. Including you. Three? Against what? I'll tell you on the plane. Plane? What are your superpowers again? I'm rich. <laughs> 